0: Welcome to The Mountain Gardener with your host, Ken Lane. Gardening can be challenging, but with Ken's tips, tricks, and local advice, you'll reap huge rewards. Now welcome your host, Ken Lane.
1: And welcome to this week's edition of The Mountain Gardener. Your host, Ken Lane, here every week talking about the landscapes of northern Arizona. And this has been the transition week. We are... A couple storms hit this week, we got a lot of moisture, we have over an inch of rain at the Lane Casa, and so it's kind of nice. Now, just to help you get a feel for how deep, how well was your landscape watered with this rain event, um, so an inch of rain will penetrate about six inches of soil. And so if you've got some sandy soil, it'll go a little bit deeper, not much, and if you've got really heavy clay soil, like out in those valley areas, you know, Paulden, Chino Valley, the Dewey, that whole, that whole 69 corridor is caliche and heavy clay, there it might only go four inches. And so we, it seemed like we had a lot of rain. Yeah, we, we camped out indoors for a couple of days. It was moist. I mean, I, I worked out in the nursery for you know a couple of days, and I'm just drenched every time I go out but your landscape really wasn't hydrated as much as you think it was. And so we really need, uh, if you've got a, a root ball, let's say the average tree has a root system that goes down three feet. You would need to have a rain event that's six inches of rain to actually penetrate that, the entire root zone. That's why so many natives, uh, if you look at their, land, their, their root structure, they're very shallow but they run out over a very large area. So a, a, a juniper, a cottonwood, a, a pine, ponderosa, or a, a pinion pine, their root systems are only two, three feet deep, but they go out hundreds of feet because they're adapting to the way that our rain, our moisture hits throughout the, the mountain areas of Arizona. And so this is typical for the Southwest, where, where it's dry climates with sporadic uh, rain events. That's why you've got real shallow but very wide. That's also why if you try to dig one of those native plants up in your backyard and try to move it, it's so unsuccessful. I mean, the fail rate is nine out of ten times you're gonna fail. The the plant will die. No matter how big a backhoe, no matter how much soil, no matter how many how much roots, because that taproot runs a hundred feet out sideways, and then you're trying to go out. I'm gonna be really generous, I'm gonna give it five foot root ball. Man, it's, I won't even be able to lift it. I'm to get this much. Well, you cut off 95 feet of root out there. And that's why it fails almost to the plant. That goes from manzanita to junipers to whatever, unless you catch it when it's really, really small. It just doesn't, it's not worth the energy it takes to move one of these trees. Yeah, they'll, they'll live for, I don't know, six, nine months and they slowly fade over time and just by next summer, they just collapse all at once and die. So uh, also, this is the reason when you're fertilizing, this was the event that really you, I've been telling you folks to, to fertilize, fertilize. It's the most important fertilizing of the entire year is in the fall of the year. Don't focus on the trunk. Don't focus on where the drip emitters are. You just want to get it out in the in the drip line is what they call it, the outer branches. Let's say uh, where the trunk of that tree is and as those branches swoop out or where those outer branches of that shrub is, that's where you want to put focus that, that plant food. And so I'm telling you, put a 744 all-purpose plant food out uh, for, for a fruit tree or anything that blooms or or... or or fruits, put a fruit tree food out. We've got a couple organics that really play out well. You focus almost all of that food out towards the outer branches where all the feeder roots are. That's where all the fine-haired white uh, root hairs are that pick up all the food and all the water. Uh, At the very trunk, at the very base of a a plant, almost always, they've got big, chubby anchor roots. They're, They're heavy barked. They're, they're, they're massive. They hold this plant upright in the fierce, fierce of, of windstorms. They, they, they don't have the ability to pick up any kind of moisture or food. Those finer root hairs are, are further out at the drip line. So that's how we define that. That's when you read up on your books, this Is what they teach you at botany school or ag school. Uh, but in, a, in a 30 seconds or less, now you're an expert. There you go. So, this is the week when uh, I, I in our own backyard so i'm i 'm focused on the vermin. This is when your your rats and mice want to come in the house they want to build a nest in your built in grill they want to get in they want to burrow through the hot tub and winter over in your hot tub motor where all the heat is, so they can really do damage and so i 'm really watching the garage, the back patio where the entertainment areas are I'm storing all of those. Pads inside because the rats they love to get in there and build a nest and they destroy, you know, three hundred dollars worth of furniture pads. So I just that's unacceptable in my world. And so I've got a few traps out there. It switched this week. I don't know if it was the rain, the moisture, the cl- I don't know what happened. But I've been tracking voles. I mean, I've have had I've trapped several voles or field mice. I've had a couple mice and then actual voles. They've got a little bit more pointed nose to them. This week it changed. Didn't catch one. I'm catching pack rats now. So they're bigger. This is like a, for you folks from the South, a pack rat comes close to that kind of size. I mean, if you're used to Florida, Georgia, Carolina rats, they're sort of that big. Only you feed them a few steroids and they get even bigger. I mean, they're like the size of squirrels, small cats. They're frightening, big beady eyeballs, long tail. Well, they can really wreak havoc on your house. They can get up in your attic and they can strip all the wires. They can get into your RV and just, they just strip all the wires. They build a big nest up in that motor area. You do not want pack rats in your gardens They'll just destroy everything. And so I've been trapped. This week, it's switched. I'm catching more of those. Just be aware. You need to be on your guard. You don't, you don't want to just go inside and then figure, oh, I don't have to worry about guarding anymore. Well, you get some more pressure right now because these guys are coming in trying to find place to nest through, through the winter and so mom, I noticed, also kicked out all the pups. So the rat I caught this week was very had real silky hair. It was a youngster, kind of a little bit smaller. And so she'd obviously kicked him out. And then he's going to go find his own way. Uh, the voles had done the same thing. They were a little bit smaller. You could tell there was this wave of voles that just hit the gardens. So just put that on your, on your radar. Uh, also deer, rabbits, they can also be a problem. So the things that they're normally used to eating uh, have, have dropped their leaves and they're kind of done. So now there's more evergreens, which is beautiful. I love those. But deer don't like to eat evergreen. Rabbits don't like to eat evergreens. They like tender new shoots from willows and cottonwoods and aspens and your apple trees. And so they'll come in and they'll rub that bark off of your trees. You don't want to let them do that. They can girdle your tree. They can, they can cause damage. They can kill an actual aspen or, or a, a pear tree. So you want to keep that, keep them off. If you see that, come talk to us right away. We can show you how to patch that up or how to bandage it. And then there's some wrap, some tree wrap that keeps them off of it. They don't want to, they don't want to mess with that. Uh, a couple customers in with porcupine damage of all things. Porcupines roam around at all elevations. And so what they'll do is they'll come in late at night. They're always nocturnal. They'll sit down right in front of your, uh, let's call it a, a, a plum tree or, or a, a willow tree, elms. They'll come in and they'll just start stripping the bark off. And they're eating the cambium layer, that sweet bark, that new tender bark just underneath the wood underneath the bark. They're eating that. So they'll come in and they'll eat you know six inches worth. And come, the next night they'll eat more. The next night they'll eat more till finally they can kill a tree. So you really want to get on that and watch it. And the the same solution happens. We've got some repellents, but really you want to patch that up, bandage it, wrap it with some tree wrap, and they don't seem to mess with that. So whether it's a deer, a javelina, porcupines, rabbits, you really want to focus on that. So that, just know which plants. I've got a list here at the garden center that I don't have a porcupine list, but I do have a rabbit uh, plants that rabbits don't bother and a list of uh, plants that deer don't bother. And kind of antelope are kind of in that same realm, so they, all kinda, they don't bother some of the same things. But a lot of evergreens, they don't bother, like uh, silverberries and cotoneasters and mugo pines. There's a whole series of plants that they just absolutely detest. They don't like them. I'll go over a little bit more on that after this, but let's bring Lisa Watersley in with your garden questions right after this.
0: You've been listening to The Mountain Gardener with Ken Lane, owner of Waters Garden Center in Prescott. Join him every week for timely garden advice right for the gardens. Visit Ken where he can be found throughout the week at Waters Garden Center in Prescott. (sighs) Did you know that plants can help you sleep better, naturally?
1: At Waters Garden Center, we have beautiful houseplants that not only look great, they clean the air we breathe. Get
0: this. Some plants can actually produce oxygen at night It even take mold spores out of the
1: air, making for less tossing and turning and more beauty sleep. Don't lose sleep, rise and shine with unique, gorgeous houseplants for your best rest yet at Waters Garden Center. Sweet dreams! Hi, Lisa with the Plants of the
0: Week and our Prescott Alberta Spruce.
1: This perfectly shaped tree displays dense green needles which are as soft as a teddy bear
0: perfect front yard christmas tree for holiday lighting and oh so beautiful when
1: matched in pairs at the front door hand grown these are perfectly shaped and sized for home accents and just 69 dollars waters garden center 1815 iron springs road in prescott Where people who love
0: twinkly little christmas trees they love to shop you've been listening to ken lane the mountain gardener green thumbs learned while working in the family garden center now welcome back to the mountain gardener
1: and we are back with Lisa Waters Lane in the studio. She comes each week with your garden questions. Just what are your neighbors talking about? What are we seeing? There's, there's always a wave of customers with the same thing, same interest, same questions. And so we try to share that. And that's the format for this. But first of all, let me just uh, introduce someone that's, uh, well, my hiking buddy. <laughs> Lisa and I went uh, hiking. Up in southern Utah, Kanab area, basically. So, mm-hmm. uh, if you follow us at all on Facebook, either either through the garden center or, or personally, you saw some great photos. So, was that inspirational? Or I love Utah
0: and <laughs> Arizona.
1: And there, I mean, here, we've got a houseboat in Page, so we use that. I mean, it's gets cold up there, so we said mm-hmm. oh, we're not going. To, we're not launching the runabout. We'll just stay here. We'll go up and just find different slot canyons. Mm-hmm. And hike around. So we, we found fun. found a road that actually went up to Warm Creek. You could drive into Warm Creek. This <laughs> is the other side of Wall Week, And park your car and skip rocks and have lunch and
0: it's beautiful as stunning. and nobody's there this time of year
1: which is kind of frightening <laughs> if you break so- down <laughs> no one is there can,
0: can i call AAA from uh, behind the cove
1: yeah no the answer is no, no. <laughs> <laughs> we went uh, those that are familiar with that area wiregrass canyon mm-hmm. it's uh big water Hook a right and head north, and you'll run into Wiregrass Canyon. It is spectacular—a slot Beautiful. canyon mm-hmm. that goes from Big Water down to the down to Lake Powell. Mm-hmm. Spectacular. And we went up to uh, a Toadstool, yes, which is—I didn't like that one as much. And then mm-hmm. you didn't. Pictures were great, but mass humanity. Everyone. It was such a oh, short hike. Everyone were, could go there. There
0: were five people there.
1: <laughs> there probably are like <laughs> ten cars. <laughs>
0: Uh, okay. I like
1: (laughs) letting the dogs go and running. They just run with us and go around. That's, that's, I I don't like keeping leashes on a national park trail and I feel bottled in and the dogs don't like it either.
0: That's true. But that was one of the, even there, there weren't many
1: people. So if
0: you, if you desire solitude and quiet and boy, that is the place to go.
1: Cottonwood, Cottonwood Road. Is that right? Springs. Cottonwood, anyway, Cottonwood something, Mm
0: -hmm. past
1: Big Water. That's our next one. There's some spectacular oyster beds, fossilized, dinosaur tracks, slot canyons. That's where we're going. I think we should go next month. You want to go?
0: So if you don't hear from us again, folks, go look for us. (laughs) That's
1: right. (laughs) Up
0: by Lake Powell somewhere. I'm sure you can find us.
1: Anyway, garden questions. What do we got this week for... Just what are people talking about?
0: Sure. So our first question is from Chris, and she would like to know, can you grow kumquats in the Prescott area? And if so, do they do better on the side of a hill or on a flatland?
1: Uh The answer is no. <laughs> there you go. You can grow them. We'll have them uh, in miniature form, dwarf varieties, but they're grown in containers. And right now, they would have died this week because the yeah. cold storm that came in They need. They don't like to go down past mid mid to high twenties. Are they They citrus? They're citrus. Yeah, they're citrus. So persimmons you can grow. That's not a a Mm -hmm. a citrusy plant. It's actually a a, not even a pitted fruit. What is a persimmon? I have no idea. Uh, Besides delicious, (laughs) it's kind of like a plum cross with a apricot cross with a I don't know. Now, apricots plums they all grow outdoors apples and pears they all grow outdoors but not orange kumquats limes lemons they have to be grown in, in containers and they brought they're brought indoors as a house plant this time of year mm-hmm. so they can be done it's just you need a little bit bigger house you know this is going to be a bush that's going to get three by three by three size house plant so anyway yeah. or have a friend that you know down in <laughs> phoenix they could grow them all day long down there. They just don't winter over up there here, unfortunately. Go.
0: It is a bummer, but hey, that's why we live so here.
1: We should cover this too. Avocados, it's the same. same. They don't grow here. All the Southern Cal folks, the Phoenix Desert, Palm yeah. Springs, Tucson. No, all those things that grow there, they don't grow here.
0: Do olives grow here? No. Okay.
1: That, I've heard rumors that they can grow up toward the Verde, down uh-huh. in those areas, uh, there's some folks trying them. There's some new hardier varieties. So we've got an olive in, in in a container, dwarf variety at our house. It's definitely a borderline, and it is an extreme experiment. We don't sell them at the garden center yet. But if we can get this one to winter over with us, we might introduce a few for those brave gardeners that want to try. They're just bored, not brave, bored. <laughs> they want to try something new. Well, here you go. So, But no, there's yeah. uh, figs grow. Grapes do fantastic. We can do a lot here. Uh, yeah, we can. Focus on things we can grow. There
0: you Don't go. focus
1: on things that are that you want to grow. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: anyway, okay. Best garden advice I can give you.
0: <laughs> that works. That works. Uh, our next question is for Sean. He had a Austrian pine planted at the end of October. Yeah. Would like to know how frequently should he be watering it at yeah, this point?
1: That's a good question. Actually, we, we're having quite a few folks ask that because as the systems, as the drip systems get turned off, people are wondering. There, it's it's twice a month, so the plants are not using very much moisture. What you're trying to do is take the edge off, so those plants, so the soil around the plant does not dry out. And so, and this this system that we had, it's not enough. Mm-hmm. So maybe the soil, maybe that moisture went in six, seven inches. Maybe if you had a lot of rain. Some of you are on the backside of Granite Mountain. You got half the rain that, let's say, parts of Prescott did. So it just depends on where you're at, and how the clouds form, how they, how how it rained. So there, I would say, just turn that drip system on a couple times a month and water, mm-hmm. uh, or or water by hand if you got a, just one or two plants. You could take the hose out and take a nice day in January and just go water your plants. Give them a deep soak. I'm not talking a sprinkle, a spit. I'm talking deep a real soak. serious deep soak. Get the entire root zone moist. That plant will form new, new candles, new buds, and just erupt with the new growth next spring. Keep them healthy.
0: Good. Okay. Next question is from Danielle. She wants to know if she can move a volunteer pinion pine to uh, a different spot in yeah. her yard. And if so, is now a good time to do it?
1: Yeah, I got to cover that, Some, if, if it's really, really small, I mean, under three feet, really under two feet, 18 inches, yes, maybe it will transplant. But if they're bigger, no, it's not even worth the energy. I mean, it is... They die almost to the transplant. No matter how many nutrients we give it, no matter how we prep the soil, it's because of the way the root structure grows, we don't have enough to cover that here at this segment. But um, I would say no, you're better off coming in, spending forty fifty bucks and buying a pinion pine, and so you've got a hundred percent, you know, chance of it uh, growing. Uh, but but if you're a gardener and you're bored, try it. See what happens. It's been my experience. I've tried it dozens of times. It's just what we've seen. But if you want to try it and you got one and it's in the way, mm-hmm. go for it. Uh, come in and talk to us. We've got a, a root and grow, an organic composted tea that is like magic for transplant shock. It'll help it form new root hairs. That's probably the best chance you're going to have for that new native plant tra- transplanted mm-hmm. to a new part of the yard.
0: Okay. Well, that's all the questions I had. Normally, we talk so much we don't get them all. I'll, I'll but hang out with you. one thing I want to say because this has happened twice this week, yeah, we've had people dig up their lilacs who have gone dormant. Lilacs go dormant; <laughs> they like to lose <laughs> their leaves and go to sleep for That's the ridiculous. winter. Twice this week, I've I've had someone dig them up and bring them in, going, "It's dead." I'm going, No, it's not dead. No, it's I would put sleepy. that in
1: the category of stupid. No.
0: Can I go that no, far? You cannot.
1: It's a deciduous plant. I mean, look at your well, neighbors. All the plants are going losing their leaves. Be
0: Come nice. on. Okay. They're new to the area. Take a breath. New to landscaping,
1: new to Desert Dwellers. <laughs> <laughs> Getting used to the mountains. <laughs>
0: I always say, if you're not sure, take a picture. Yeah, come in and talk to us. Call us. Yeah. We can give you advice and tell you what's right, what's wrong. What's if is it alive? Is it a dead? There's ways we can help you with that. And instead of pulling these poor little plants out by their I mean, roots, if, hairs if that
1: happens, well, you could go back and put it in the ground. It would it would totally quiet. take because it's dormant. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially if you gave it some of that root and grow, that, that magic stuff I was mentioning about the pinion pine. It'll help it reroot. It's just you're starting over. You're starting, you yeah. lost those root hairs that were forming. So now broke. you got to start over. It's like you're starting from scratch. And so, mm-hmm. uh, come talk to a professional before you search Google. <laughs> figure out what you should do. Talk to someone local, a neighbor. Here's someone that's got a, no gardens out there. Okay, Ken and Lisa Lane and the Mountain Gardeners. We will be right back.
0: You're listening to Ken Lane, aka the Mountain Gardener. Ken can be found throughout the week in Prescott at Waters Garden Center. Listen each week as he answers timely garden questions unique to mountain gardens. Hi, Elisa with the Plants of the Week in our Austrian Pine. We
1: have instantaneous trees just in and ready for fall planting.
0: This pine has the same long needles as our ponderosa pine without all the problems, and these trees are really big and bold.
1: This is the fastest growing at the pines and lots of sizes to choose from, but the $249 model is exceptionally big.
0: Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott. For people who love big, bold pines, they love to shop. Look, if your wife, mom, or dad wants a sweater for Christmas, get them a sweater, not some piece of plastic.
1: But if someone you truly care about loves her garden, a gift card to Waters makes perfect sense.
0: Next spring, she can pick out exactly what she was hoping for.
1: We all know it's not the same thing as a huge hanging basket or a fragrant rose. But hey, it's winter. Gardeners understand.
0: Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott. Also at watersgardencenter.com. You've been listening to The Mountain Gardener with local expert Ken Lang. Join the conversation every week as he answers timely garden questions. Email Ken a question directly from your phone to his desktop through the web at watersgardencenter.com. That's waters with two Ts, gardencenter.com. Now welcome back your host, Ken Lane.
1: Now the first segment went over what's happening in the gardens right now. Outside, there's a lot of mammals roaming around eating things they normally don't eat. It's because things have dried out. The environment has changed for them, so they are changing as well. So they're trying to come into the garage. They're trying to get into the built-in grill outside, your RVs, stored cars. You just really watch them, protect them. Uh, but then also, they're eating certain plants they don't like. So we covered why they're peeling off bark. But there's some shrubs, some especially a lot of the native things. Uh, what comes to mind is Oregon grape or Mahonia. This is this beautiful evergreen um, holly leafed kind of plant. It grows wild up in the Bradshaws, Mingus, up at the higher elevations. You'll see this creeping evergreen underneath the junipers and the oaks. This is called mahonia, or, or creeping mahonia, or Oregon grape holly. It gets a pretty little yellow flower. It's one of the few plants. It's what I put. I planted this underneath my my alligator juniper. And very few things grow underneath juniper. Junipers are always littering. They actually taint the soil underneath the structure of the tree and poison the soil so nothing will grow. It's a de- defensive thing that it ensures that nothing else gets underneath a juniper's uh, structure and tries to take the water and food. I mean, pine trees do that a little bit, but what they do is they throw off so many needles, they suffocate all the other plants trying to grow. So seedlings can't get through all that leaf litter uh, or, the, or pine, pine litter. And so every plant has its own defensive, what it's trying to do. Well, junipers, this Mahonia does thrives, does really well. It's beautiful. It's evergreen. This is when it really looks its best. And that plant comes in a creeping variety. It gets about six inches tall. It also has a a compact variety, gets about two feet tall. And another one that's just regular Mahonia, gets about chest high. So there's three different heights. They all have the same leaf. They're actually difficult to tell. Which one is which? Unless you read the tag, or you've got a really professional eye. But it's a great time to plant those. But javelina will not bother them. They just don't like them. Deer just—they'll walk right out, right through them. Not even touch them. Uh, just rabbits don't bother them because this plant grows wild in the mountains throughout northern Arizona, and they just won't mess with mahonia a uh, catoniaster. There are some wild varieties of native cotoneaster or cotton easter is kind of how you spell it. Well, animals have learned, oh, this is a nasty, anytime you smell this plant, it's it's going to be terrible. It'll make your stomach turn. You're really, you're not going to, you're going to get sick if you eat this. Don't bother. And so they just pass it by. Well, what that does, any cotoneaster it doesn't matter whether it's a parnii, which gets up, or red clusterberry. This is a big boy. It gets up 10 feet tall, 10 feet wide. It's a screen. Nothing messes with that because it also smells like the native cotoneaster. Or there's uh, coral beauty, which is a beautiful ground cover variety. It gets up maybe 18 inches tall, but then it runs. We we, we put this on hillsides in between boulders it kind of flows up and down the yard it softens up that rocky rock lawn well, if you're surrounded by bunnies they're not going to bother this cuz it smells just like the native one that they don't like it also adapts like a native it just just really loves it's got this thick thick uh, leathery leaf it's an evergreen variety. It gets a white flower in spring. All of them get white flowers in spring. They get red berries. They all do the same thing. They're all cousins of each other. So the animals know, don't mess with this. And so that's a great one. Of course, the most famous, this is for you Southern California folks, Nandina or Heavenly Bamboo. It looks beautiful. I mean, it's, it's, it's evergreen. It looks like a little miniature bamboo plant. It's not truly bamboo, but animals will not bother that. It looks delicious. I mean, I want to cut a little off and sprinkle over the salad and add some ranch dressing and just bite in, but, but you, animals don't like it. It's got this silky sap to it that I think they don't like This sap that comes in. probably has a sticky taste to it, so they just don't bother any variety. So you've got Harbor, Dwight, Harbor Dwarf variety, which is a creeping ground cover. gets maybe 8, 10 inches tall and just runs. You've got compact varieties like Gulfstream and Sienna Sunrise then you 've got your regular um, uh, nandina domestica there 's their standard you know 10, 10 foot tall nandina heavenly bamboo they don 't bother even one any of those they all taste and look and smell the same to the animals out there and I could go on and on probably for a couple shows where it 's just going over the different plants that animals don 't eat that 's one if you if you 're having issues and you need something extra in the front yard or they're passing, the Havelina pack is ha- passing through the backyard. You know, come talk to us. We can show you, we'll just give you the grand tour. We'll, we'll walk you through and show you the models they don't like. We just had some beautiful mugo pines come in. This is a bush, pine tree. It's got a regular, I don't know, three-inch needle to it. it. Looks like a pine tree. Not it looks like a pine bush. It's not really tree form. It's got multiple branches. But animals, they've been trained. We've got some of the largest pine forests in the country that roam right through the mountains of Arizona, and the deer and the elk and the javelina and the rabbits, they don't like pine trees. Well, this one doesn't grow wild here, but it, it smells just like the native pinions and ponderosas that they've already learned don't, don't bother those. Well, they also don't bother mugo pines. You just have to think like an animal and put, don't put something luscious out there for the to munch on but something they're they're used to just passing by. Be right back with more on The Mountain Gardener.
0: The Mountain Gardener, your source for timely garden advice right for higher elevations. Guaranteed to make a difference in your yard this season. Waters Garden Center showcasing this week's plant of the week and my fresh cut Nordman fir.
1: With five different varieties from pine to fir, I assure you not all cut trees are created equal.
0: Nordmans are related to our native fir. The soft green needles adorn dark green branches that defy gravity, even with heavy ornaments, and stays fresh.
1: A big tree is just $89 and only grown here at Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott.
0: Where people who love super fresh Christmas trees love to shop.
1: You're the area with your dream home on the inside, but surrounded by boring? A castle surrounded by rock is just so bland, but we can help. At
0: Waters, we have a team of plant experts ready to dress up and decorate even the most boring of landscapes with something fresh, new, and evergreen.
1: Plus, we deliver and plant For you, designer plans with the experts to help you beautify your new abode waters garden center 1815 iron springs road in prescott
0: you're listening to the mountain gardener with local expert ken lane mountain gardening is very rewarding with a few ken's tips tricks and garden shortcuts sure to turn your thumbs even greener now welcome back to the mountain gardener
1: All right, we are back with Lisa Waters Lane in the studio, my hiking buddy, my southern Utah, northern Arizona, Slot Canyon sliding <laughs> gal. <laughs> that sounded wrong. It, yeah. We, we like taking the dogs out and hiking around, mm-hmm. and it's, it's just fun. So we try to look for different places to go hiking, and we love northern Arizona, just yeah. the prettiest place on the planet, southern Utah, one the prettiest places on the planet. Mm-hmm. So anyway, this this segment's all about you, though, not about us. (laughs) 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 Actually, we like hanging out together. Mm -hmm. But this is getting your opinions, your thoughts, uh, just over the airwaves and what, what you're thinking as a gardener. So what do you got for us? Well,
0: I'm thinking, how many days till Christmas?
1: Oh, I'm a man. I don't have to worry about that (laughs) that until a week prior. Days, hours.
0: (laughs) Thanksgiving is late this year, so there's not as much time between Thanksgiving and Christmas. So, yeah, get busy, people. It's pretty much a
1: month. You're on just a four, four weeks out.
0: Yeah, it's kind of crazy. Yep. But one of the things that people really like to do, and I I love this idea, especially for younger families, is getting a living Christmas tree. Yeah, and then planting it in their yard. Oh, sure. When they're
1: done, yeah, with great it. idea. So what? So the kinds of plants and where to put them and. How mm-hmm. long to bring them indoors, how, when, oh, how to yeah. plant them. Oh, great. Hopefully we can cover that, that topic in 10 in minutes 10 or minutes? less. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we'll find out. <laughs> but yeah, you can definitely use a living Christmas tree. The question, people always want to bring it in way too early, yeah. though. Yeah. So we recommend no, probably seven days would be yeah. optimal, no more than 10 would you agree with that?
1: Yeah, I would say the bigger the plant, the shorter the time, because the more okay. foliage it's got, the more needles that are exposed. Your your house is very dry mm-hmm. and very warm, and so it tends to perspire, it tends to sweat, yeah. and so you can't water it enough. It'll actually lose moisture in your house faster than the roots can take it up. Mm-hmm. And so that's uh, that's something to watch. Right. So about a week, week so that, is where you want to be. That is a
0: consideration to think about. Yeah. Uh, when you're thinking about living, doing a living tree, a lot of people will have a deck or right by their front door where they'll decorate it and put lights on it and have it there for a good part of the time and then just kind of quickly bring, bring it in, in yeah. and then, you know, back out. So that definitely is a consideration. The other thing is in your house, where you want to put it, is yeah. there a fireplace? Is it a heat vent blowing on it? Is it right in front of a, a hot, sunny window? Those are things that can all have a a really bad effect on a living tree.
1: That's one that that you need to think like it's native environment. These evergreens, let's say a ponderosa pine or pina fir, juniper, whatever. I I sold last year someone a a cherry tree for a living tree. They wanted a cherry tree. They decorated, put presents underneath it. Mm -hmm. These things are used to cold. They want to be cold. They want to be dormant. Mm -hmm. So when you bring it indoors, it wakes them up. As though it's like June outside. So get the sap gets flowing. It gets, gets really going. Okay. Let's just grow now. And then you put it back outdoors. That's hard on it.
0: Right. Definitely. So there also is that transition period. If you've had it in the house, seven days, 10 days, instead of just throwing it right back out into the cold and going, be free, my child. And grow. (laughs) It's going, (laughs) what happened? Uh, You do have to transition it. You want to move it into a garage or a covered deck or a patio. Yep. Uh, and leave it there for what three or four days a week. Yeah,
1: let it get used to let it get used to the cold again. Up against mm-hmm. your south facing w- walls, mm-hmm. that's enough. Your house throws off an amazing amount of heat. Right. So there's a, we've got a handout here that'll just mm-hmm. it goes one page shows you how to bring it in, how long, by what variety how to transition, and how to plant it afterwards. So, yeah. Yeah,
0: things are very important that you might necessarily not think about. The other thing is your lights. You don't want to use the – I don't know if anybody uses the big old-fashioned ones anymore, but the LED lights are – They run cool, so they're not going to heat up your tree and and cause problems that way. And the other thing is don't be spraying the fake snow and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, you don't want to do that either. So a few considerations to think about. But if you really want to do it, we have some fabulous trees that work wonderfully
1: as Christmas trees. So Lisa, could you share with us what (laughs) some of those varieties of of
0: outdoor trees
1: could be good for, yeah.
0: So, if you're looking for a little itty-bitty tree, a tiny one, the Alberta spruce, I think, are probably the most popular. Uh, we get some real small one-gallon ones that are, what, maybe a foot and a half tall, yeah. something like that. Tiny easily put it in a pretty be- little pot and put it on your table or a, a coffee table or anything like that. Cute to decorate, fun to decorate. They're like little teddy bear trees.
1: I, I think of those as at that front front entrance and mm-hmm. those containers on either side of the posts. Right. By the front door, mm-hmm. that's the one you want to throw in there and decorate with little Christmas lights, put little balls on it. They're little just bows. cute. You can bring them indoors as table mm-hmm. decorations for the, yeah. for the holidays, for, for Christmas day. dinner. Yeah,
0: yeah, for Christmas dinner. There you yeah. go. That's a yeah, short see? time. <laughs> so if you're looking for a little one, that's perfect. If you're thinking for something bigger uh, in the spruce family, which is probably the most popular tree yeah. sold for a living tree, the Colorado spruce, um, of course, there's the green colorado spruce there's the more blue colorado spruce there's fat alberts which are not that's probably a bad name it's probably not politically correct anymore is it
1: that's a thought huh although farmers they don't care about politically correct this way it's always been named we need to come up with a a
0: (laughs) politically correct name for fat albert we'll have to think about that one Um, but he is he gets kind of big you know girth wise he looks rounder than is not as tall.
1: It's a dwarf Colorado spruce. That's what it is. It yeah. Looks like a Colorado spruce. So find
0: dwarf because most people think dwarf. Oh, mid teens, tall.
1: Well, no, no. no. I mean, a Colorado <laughs> spruce is fifty feet tall, so it's you know a third of that yeah. size. So call it under twenty, between right. fifteen and twenty feet tall. So mm-hmm. mid teens. That's right. how tall it's going to be. And
0: pretty blue. They oh, they have gorgeous. that really pretty grayish blue color to yeah. them. Hoop size spruce, which is a gets tall like a regular Colorado, stays a little more narrow than the standard Colorado. And it has a really pretty, um, almost pale blue silver. needle to it. Silver pale blue? Pale sounds
1: bad. Okay. Like pale, fat spruce. That's <laughs> not good. I mean. <laughs> but, but silver blue, hoop size spruce, that sounds yeah. romantic. It is a little
0: bit. It's different color from the fat, but it, it's a really pretty it's almost color. almost white.
1: Yeah, it's really pretty.
0: Mm-hmm. And then you get into Austrian pines, which, of course, get nice and big, but beautiful green color. And their cousin, the Oregon green pine, which probably gets 15-ish yeah. feet or so. Yeah. So great for those small yards. I love it because it has really... Um, a little bit shorter needle, but it tends to be very compact. It's a really
1: tight. I was thinking t- chubby. You got my mind on fat all of a sudden. <laughs> Ch- chubby. Chubby? Yeah, that's not
0: good
1: that's either. That's not good either. Fat, pale, chubby <laughs> spruce. <laughs> <laughs> that's just wrong. We don't have <laughs> anything that looks rich, like that. Rich, green, glorious. I mean, yeah. it, is, it is just full and layered. So easy to decorate and right. dress up, mm-hmm. whether it's indoors or outdoors. Definitely. It's just beautiful. Right. Oregon greens, are that's one of my favorites. It is
0: one of mine, too. I really, really love that tree. The other one that I really like is the Vanderwolf pine. Oh, yeah. Um that one is so soft. It truly is a huggable type tree. Yeah. And you every time I walk by it, I find myself reaching out and just pulling on the needles on it, kind of stroking it because it is so soft. You just don't see that in the evergreen trees that much.
1: It's like the Yeah. <laughs> of trees. So we've got a miniature schnauzer and they're just huggable. They just love to hug. They love to they get on your too. lap and they give you hugs. They go greet people and hug them. Mm-hmm. It's the weirdest thing ever. They're soft like a cotton ball. Well, this mm-hmm. is that the the Vanderwolf pine mm-hmm. is like that. It just want it reaches out and wants to touch you and hug it you. wants to touch you. Yeah.
0: There's also a uh, Scotch pine. Which is another pretty green pine and a Bosnian pine, which is another really pretty the nice dwarf. pine for the yard. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah lots, lots
1: of smaller. these smaller yards. We're trying to get more uh, smaller varieties. They don't take over their space, mm-hmm. so this is important for those smaller, you know, Quail Woods and that backside of Prescott Valley. There's lots of new communities going in. Right that don't have the huge space. I mean mm-hmm. that that's not what Polden or Chino Valley or these big properties they got have. A ton
0: of room. <laughs> Lots
1: of space, unlimited water, but uh, these guys, they're, they're we've got both. Mm-hmm. That's one to really do your homework. Come in, we can walk you through and show you the different varieties. What I find is Customers are drawn. It's, like, it's mm-hmm. like the plants call to them. Right. And they'll go search all of them twice. They kind of they come back to the same plant yeah. always. It's just a weird it's social it's economic thing that happens. I don't know. Yeah. Great advice on living Christmas trees, evergreens. You, you can decorate and then plant mm-hmm. after the holidays in January, February. They'll plant just fine and enjoy for years to come. Thank you, Lisa. We'll be right back. Ken and Lisa Lane and the Mountain Gardeners.
0: For more tips, tricks and garden shortcuts through Ken's website, podcast the show, read his weekly garden column or follow him on Facebook and Instagram at watersgardencenter.com. That's waters with two T's, gardencenter.com.
1: Okay, maybe after decades of the same fruitcake exchange, it's time to start a new holiday tradition.
0: A living Christmas tree from Waters Garden Center can be decorated and enjoyed for a lifetime,
1: not just a season. When the holiday festivities end, gather family and friends and plant your tree together for years of enjoyment, or Waters will plant it for you, guaranteed. As your family tree grows, have a tree that grows with your family, from
0: Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott.
1: Hi, Lisa with the Plants of the Week and our Goshiki Holly. Goshiki translates from Japanese as Holly with five colors. Its new leaves emerge red, then turn green. The entire
0: top of this holly is draped in colors of cream, white, gray, yellow, and green. This
1: evergreen makes the perfect accent, hedge, or evergreen container for it's all-round good looks. A really
0: nice plant that shines through winter is just $39. Waters Garden Center,
1: where people who love Japanese gardens, they love to shop.
0: Welcome to the Mountain Gardener with Ken Lane. Gardening in the mountains is different. Listen to Ken's tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts, guaranteed to make your gardens more beautiful than ever this year. Now for better advice that works locally, welcome your host, Ken Lane.
1: And we are back. You're tuned into The Mountain Gardener, your host, Ken Lane. But the beauty of having a studio right here in your own garden center, you're connected with gardeners, you know the trend, you know what people are asking, which is great, and then also you can interview folks that are just really interesting. And one of the most interesting gals I know uh, in my world is Amy Langley. Thank she's you. actually uh, one of our managers here, but the reason Amy is so interesting, she's our color trend pottery consultant. You want style? You talk to Amy. Welcome to the studio Amy. Well, thank you Ken. Yeah, so you have had the 2020 pottery show up. Yes, I have. So the uh, colors are fabulous. I love the new textures. Thank So texture, you. texture seems, seems to be the thing. But this is one of those things you need to follow the trends. I thought, oh, we need to have an interview. You need to come on and tell us. So you f- actually fly up to the factories and you see the styles. You handpick. For this region, absolutely the colors and styles you think would work for customers, and you're out actually in the field. You're actually you go on consults, you go and to people's homes. You go, oh, this is the style you want. Here's the size you need. Here's the color you want. So, how do you pull that off? We need to share that. Well, we need it's, to know
2: doing the in-home consultations has been incredibly helpful with buying our pottery. For one thing, you get to go to these folks houses, and a lot of them are just moving here um, they 're not sure what's going to grow, they want to know what's going to work best for them, but also at the same time, while I help pick them you know pick their plants, um, I get to see what's going on in the styles in new homes and so we have right now, I would say a really amazing color trend. We have the most incredible selection of blues greens just these really gorgeous colors that pop with a lot of our neutral colored houses. And a lot of the new homes, the the builds are so different. So there's all different kinds of spaces that people have nowadays. They have short posts, they have tall walls, they have all different shapes and sizes of things they want to perk up basically. I mean, a lot of let's face it, a lot of our new homes are beige.
1: Yeah, they're boring. Beige. I mean, utterly boring. Yes, I desert love the beige. New, I love the new textures, the front, you know, they got the lick and stick rock look kind of thing, but they're still just beige. Yes. I mean, the singles are beige, yeah. So I you can help.
2: totally liven up any space with just a gorgeous colored pot. And this year, what we really concentrated on was to to vary our colors and our shapes more than anything, because now I really feel like we have something for absolutely everybody. We have we have tall slender pots. We have short ones that are almost squat. We have uh, large mouth round planters that look absolutely amazing on those about chest high posts that people have on their walls, their concrete walls. And um, yeah, I'm really excited about it.
1: I I can tell. (laughs) I am too. I mean, you had the entire parking lot clogged for a week processing two semi loads <laughs> of pottery. No, no, that's good. But I came out and I said, "You know, Amy, you know, Christmas trees are coming like Tuesday." Yes, I know. All this I'm, stuff. I'm I have well to be aware. Out of here. Get it out of here. I'm well so, aware. <laughs> so it's kind of the pressures on the seasonality changing. But I, I was helping a customer. He had a big pottery order. Uh, I was trying to match some colors and doing the style thing. And he goes, well, I need a couple pairs that match. You know, maybe I should wait till spring. I'm going, listen, Bob, don't wait. Here you can get now. You've got matching pairs. You, you've got the best selection. If you wait until spring, this is the pottery that will carry us through spring. It's not like we're going to get more. You can just go get another truckload of pottery. This and it was more than a truckload. Heavy. It's it's big. So you get it in full container loads, and so you want to get you want to be there at the front edge, not the back end, where you've got a not the leftovers, but there's less pairs to pick
2: from. Right, right. Now so. is definitely the best time. Yeah, for the best selection.
1: Yeah, and then also something to watch, just with pots. We've been doing pottery for a lot of decades. Uh, we've been importing direct from from overseas for many years. Really, be careful if you're from the Southwest areas. Be really careful of what you're buying. So we have this heavy influence of Phoenix pottery. So this is Mexican clay. It's, it's terracotta, earth tones, clay, clay pots. This heavy Spanish, bright colors, which fits the Southwest style. But those kinds of pots do not winter over. They don't. They don't take our freeze and thaw. So you go up and hand pick the varieties that that winter over with it's, us. They yeah, actually exactly. last.
2: The last thing we want is somebody who falls in love with a pot and yeah. they go home and they put their favorite plants <laughs> yeah. in it and then it cracks in half over the winter. And it's just, that's an unhappy customer. That's me unhappy. Yeah. yeah.
1: Oh yeah. We get egg on our face. Yeah. It's just the, absolutely. the worst. We
2: have to have the best here. We have hot summers. We have cold winters. Um, but then, you know, for the rest of the year it's absolutely perfect.
1: Yeah, you bet. So now, how? what is the trend right now? So you're seeing blues. That's good. Blues and Earth greens. Earth yeah. Green's kind We, of an we earth definitely tone. have a
2: lot of earth tones, too, for the folks who like more neutral colors and that rustic look. Um, and then we got some, some really new stuff, which I'm excited about, which was inspired by one of my clients, Catherine and Lee, um, in Prescott Lakes. I went to their home for a consultation. Lovely folks. They have this gorgeous kitchen that has these this almost like a citrusy lime green paint and it's so bright and so cheerful so i got pots that same color with Catherine in mind and for uh, indoors or for it, outdoor use either, or one, either, one. either
1: one either one so i saw a lot of house plants are a trend so this, this yeah. is all, this is all rocketing up as far as uh, gardening goes and but, but if you have a house plant you can't just keep yet this $2,000 sofa, window <laughs> coverings, new flooring. You don't you, want a
2: plastic pot. You don't no. want a
1: plastic <laughs> pot. You're, you're, you need a nice container for your houseplants right. to show off. I see you focused a lot on those lots of saucers lots of mm-hmm. colors
2: yeah and you so. got to have a saucer i mean that really dresses up your pot and even if you're putting your pot outside and i know our, our folks love their patios there are plenty of folks that come in and say well when i water it i just don't want the dirt all over my patio so i think this is i know in the four years i've been here this is the best selection of saucers that we we have and we actually, I just sourced a new place that oh. will be, yes, that will be sending us some new ones, but I'm going to keep that to myself. That should hopefully be here in the next two weeks. No, I
1: haven't even heard of that no, yet. You so that's exciting. <laughs> so direct from the source. So now, what's the trend? What sizes are people going with? When you're you're one of the consultants that go out, you, yeah. you, you represent waters in the field mm-hmm. and design for folks. What are the sizes, styles that you're seeing? You know, and what are they really, planting in them?
2: Well, you know, they're. The nice thing is you can pretty much put anything in a pot. Um, We've had folks that uh, literally have bought pots that we could fit our entire planting crew in
0: yeah. and put them <laughs> Three in, body y- yes,
2: and put them in front of their barn and they look stunning. Um, down to just little pots that they want to give as a gift with a succulent in it for Christmas. Um, we've seen a lot of Emory Riddle students coming in that's true, yeah. to dress up and their Prescott dorm and yeah, yeah, to dress up their dorm rooms. Um, and that's been really fun seeing um, some younger people really excited about plants. And um, so we have – basically, I have every single size because there's so many different needs out there. Um, The folks with these, um, you know, the larger homes are tending to go with the larger pots, especially um, at the front entrance on either side of the front door. That's a big thing right now with an evergreen that they dress up. So uh, one of my clients did um, several large cobalt blue in front of her. Um, Her house is kind of like a taupe color, and uh, she put some – uh, boxwoods in there we both loved. And then she dresses them up with pansies right now, um, for the winter. And then we talked about what, which she's going to do for spring as we get into summer to dress up some new annuals. So there, I just really feel like with the pottery, it just, it just brightens up everything we have and our desert landscaping.
1: Yeah, I agree. One thing to watch, one thing to, if you make a mistake, just, this is just experience from the years. Um, if you're going to make a mistake, it'll be in scale. You get a pot. They look <laughs> yeah. so big here at the garden center. You take them home and your house just dwarfs it down. You're going, yeah. it's not even close to big. Folks, it's that just happened to some it.
2: folks yesterday. They've I'm been in every day exchanging a pot for a bigger one. I told them I was going to give them aprons and put them to work. They've been here so much.
1: <laughs> so if in doubt, take the bigger one. And almost every time, you that's the right if you're going to make a mistake, make it in that direction. Bigger is better. It allows you to grow bigger things for longer. Uh, but small, just your house dwarfs things. It looks like you get this half-million-dollar house. It looks like you ran out of money because of two pots on either side of the door. <laughs> you just you don't want that. So, right. Amy Langley and, and our pottery buyer, designer, here at Waters Garden Center extraordinaire. Thank you for coming in you and so sharing much, that Ken. with us, Amy. Okay, we will be back with more on The Mountain Gardener right after this.
0: You're listening to local garden expert Ken Lane, the owner of Waters Garden Center. He can be found throughout the week at Waters Garden Center, located in Prescott, 1815 Iron Springs Road. Thanks for tuning in to The Mountain Gardener. Hi, Waters with this week's Plant of the Week. Our True Blue Fat Albert Spruce.
1: At just 15 feet, this is the ideal evergreen for small gardens. Excellent in front yards with limited space.
0: The color is so blue all year long with the perfect evergreen shape and just $74.
1: Dense, durable, and loves the sun. So it works well as a windbreak, screen, or sound barrier and only found at. Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott. For people
0: who love the perfect blue spruce, love to shop.
1: The Grinch went to waters and couldn't believe his eyes. There were cut trees in every shape and size. He could take one home and then toss it after the season. Good! And then he saw living Christmas trees that grow and grow. So it seemed a good reason. A beautiful living tree and have waters plant it because of his bad knees. Have the merriest of Christmas from all of us here at Waters Garden Center. You've tuned in to The Mountain
0: Gardener with local garden expert, Ken Lane. Join him each week as he answers timely garden questions that are sure to make a difference in your gardens. Now welcome your host, Ken Lane.
1: This Thanksgiving, I wish, wish you and yours a thankful season. Something to remember to be thankful for. No matter where you're at, we are truly blessed. Truly. Now, sometimes we focus on the negative. You're overworked. get kind of tired. I stub my toe. I think I'm going to lose a toenail. I can focus on all that. Or I can just enjoy uh, my in laws, Harold and Lorna Waters, the founders of the nursery. They're still alive, still going. They're getting a little older. And, and, you know, time is runs shorter as you get older. We want to enjoy every season we can with them. It's a true blessing to have dinner. Thanksgiving dinner, watch a game, just share stories. Here, I mean, you're guaranteed. If you're with Harold Waters, you're going to hear some old stories about Prescott, the original business, uh, the store, how it got started. You're going to hear stories, and you never know if you've heard it before or not. Usually, it's a different one. It's just fascinating. I love sitting down and listening to older folks, and their stories are so rich and thick, and where they came from, and how... I mean, first plane rides, and, and I, I was talking to uh, an old rancher, won't mention the family name, but basically developed Prescott Valley, uh, how how the phone systems you used to have to make a long-distance phone call from Prescott Valley to Prescott, and they got all offended, and they, they worked their magic and got got us all into one one region. The, the, the road systems, when I-17 first went in, these are fascinating stories. I was talking to an old family at Thanksgiving. This is probably 10 years ago. I'm dating myself a little bit even. But uh, how they grew up here in the 20s, okay, 20s and 30s. They were kids. Uh, this is an old family in town. How they used to go as boys behind Whiskey Row, and there were wild burrows that would roam around back there. This is back where the, uh, uh, where the parking garage is and stuff now, right? We're there on, on the creek, They'd go catch burrows and just write them. Wild burrows. This is what they did for fun before texting and TVs. And (laughs) it's hilarious. I'm like, Bob, you're kidding me. You really used to do this. You got a picture. Can you prove this? Uh, But just super interesting. Enjoy the people you're around, the stories they have to share. Everyone has something unique uh, that you can be thankful for and watch out for. And that's what I'm one of the things, one of the many things that I'm thankful for, blessed with over the many years. Of course, throughout the week, we, we do share garden stories. We love getting together with you. And, and uh, if you've got issues, we will be closed on Thanksgiving Day, but we're open every other day. We are a retailer at the Christmas season. We have to be, whether we want to or not. Uh, but uh, we, we're here, Lisa and I camp out. We love hearing your stories too. But it looks like the Christmas cactus. They're here, the poinsettias are coming, all that holiday, the Christmas trees are here a couple days before Thanksgiving, so that's the cut trees, we've had living trees. Throughout the week, Lisa and I camp out here at Waters Garden Center. We love talking to fans of the show.
0: Look, if your wife, mom, or dad wants a sweater for Christmas, get them a sweater, not some piece of plastic.
1: But if someone you truly care about loves her garden, a gift card to Waters makes perfect sense. Next spring,
0: she can pick out exactly what she was hoping for.
1: We all know it's not the same thing as a huge hanging basket or a fragrant rose. But hey, it's winter. Gardeners understand.
0: Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott. Also at watersgardencenter.com.
1: Not everyone can grow wildflowers, but we'll make sure you're not one of them.
0: At Waters, we know which wildflowers sprout, thrive, and bloom with success.
1: We're wild about wildflowers, with many of our own Arizona blends. Like our Arizona native
0: mix, butterfly and hummingbird mixes, and all are big,
1: bold, and beautiful. At Waters, we know wildflowers and winter's a season to spread new seed.
0: Waters Garden Center, where people who love their flowers wild, they love to shop for seed. If you want a more fruitful garden, increase success in your landscape that just feels better, then tune in every week to The Mountain Gardener. Years of tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts are guaranteed to make your gardens nicer than ever. Listen to this podcast or read Ken's weekly garden column by visiting watersgardencenter.com. That's Waters with two Ts, gardencenter.com.